Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Zone Time. Great internet show uh, for your consumption. I'd like to think uh, if you put hot dogs in front of all of us, maybe collectively we get close to Joey Chestnut. Probably not, though. Uh, I'm Julian. Kuth is here. Sam is here. Omar is here. Uh, Happy July 4th to all of our American viewers and listeners, and happy Canada Day to all of our Canadian listeners. Uh, The NHL draft is coming up. Coming up on uh, Thursday and Friday in Montreal. The Canadians will pick first. in the NHL entry draft this year. Exciting times for the franchise. Exciting times for anyone who happens to be in Montreal taking it all in. Wait, just me? None of you guys are going to be in Montreal? I'm oh, no. There. I'm crying. <laughs> I'm sad. I'm I wanted you all, all to be there. I'm going to be there. You're going to be there? Yeah, I'm going to be there. Okay, that's very... Okay, so 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 Omar and I are going to hang out, but yeah. Sam obviously has to take care of baby Sloan, and, and, and Justin admitted that uh, it kind of crept up on him. You two mm. will be missed. Uh, will be missed. I, pre- I appreciate that. Appreciate well, that. Yeah, Next course. time, you be there in spirit. Yeah, I'm glad Omar is making the trip, though. Yeah, me too. Uh, what are you guys going to do? Yeah, Omar, what day are you coming in? Uh, oh, Wednesday. Okay, so yeah. you're going to crash. At, okay, we'll, we'll talk about this when we get off recording. <laughs> you'll, you'll, crash, you'll crash an event or two with me. Anyway. Mm. Um, go to Bustan and eat some like garlic potatoes for me. Yeah, buddy. You ever been to Bustan? Omar? Me? No, man. This is the first time oh, I've been to Montreal man. in like years. So like, yeah, okay. like I'm. Bust- yeah. For everyone uneducated with uh, Bustan, uh, which has, uh, I'm not sure if you realize this, Samson, from the last time you're in Montreal, but it's since, you know, expanded and there are so many more Bustans than the- I didn't know that. Oh yeah. It like, there's like one, like right outside like my house but there is one downtown along uh maisonneuve which is like the spot where you can get yourself uh a good shawarma some garlic potatoes and like right at the front they have all these photos of all these great celebrities who have like come in and out of bustan including uh one uh, prime minister justin trudeau a lot of great people coming up uh two or three a.m uh for some greasy eats at bustan so uh, omar you and i that's one thing we could do while you're in Montreal and never in Cuthbert, since uh, I think you're the only one else who has not had the greatness of Bustan. Oh, we I can haven't. do that. Okay. Uh, mental, mel- mental note taken. Yes, of course. Okay. Um, outside of great eats, there is a debate around the number one overall pick in this year's NHL entry draft. I know mm-hmm. amongst a lot of Canadians fans, it's, 
Is it going to be Shane Wright? Is it going to be Uri Slavkovsky? Is it going to be Logan Cooley? Uh, even the general manager Kent Hughes admitted it's really down to those three players. I'm just curious, outside of the Montreal market, like how do you guys see this, this debate? How do you guys see uh, who could go first overall or second overall or, or whatever? Omar, how do you see it? I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting, but I've also found it difficult at times not to roll my eyes just because like interesting. it's kind of been clear who the first overall pick is. But one thing that I've, that I've been seeing, I've been seeing some like interesting uh, comparisons to 2012 uh, for those uh, who forgot 2012 was the, the Neil Yakupov draft where it was clear. Everyone wanted uh, Neil Yakupov for our first overall. Um, but I think what we heard um, behind the scenes that there are members of the Oilers organization that actually were flirting with the idea of taking Ryan Murray out, um, first overall. Um, but, you know, I think ownership stepped in. It's like, no, we're taking Neil Yakupov because it's the, the it was a Yakupov, uh, Yakupov draft. Um, so that worked out well. Ha. <laughs> so, and so with this draft, again, like from last year, like, you know, 2022 was like the Shane Wright draft. So like, it's interesting how like, it's always been Shane Wright, but now the discourse is, is shifting and you know, that's happened again. It's happened before with uh, Nico Heischer, I think in 2017, I, I forgot who was projected to be first that year, but like, I think it was like like halfway through the season, like Nico Heischer kind of like stepped up and ended up ended up being taken off first overall after I think I think after his World Junior Junior performance. So I, I don't know. I think at the end of the day it'll be it'll be right. Um, ha, Shane Wright, not really right. <laughs> uh, but um, but it is it is interesting. I don't know. Maybe maybe they're trying to like hype up like has fans. You know, maybe they're trying to get like a huge uproar or a huge like pop once his name is, is announced. But I don't know. I I, I think it's going to be right, but we'll see. Okay. All right. Uh, Kath, what do you think about it? Yeah, I'm not really sure who it should be. I'd be lying if I said I spent much time scouting either of those two. I mean, I obviously saw a little bit of Slavkovsky at the Olympics. Thank you for admitting that, by the way, because mm-hmm. there's so many people who want to be armchair scouts out here. Yes. I just, I yes. just want to acknowledge the fact that, you know, thank you for telling the truth. Every year I have to throw that out there because I'm, I, I mean, <laughs> it's just, that's just the fact of the matter is I don't really know how to split these two hairs, but I do know I'd kind of rather be in the devil's position than Montreal's mm. position yeah. because I think these two guys are close. There is a choice. I don't know if it's a coin flip choice, but there is at least probably some indecision. And if you're Montreal, there's the possibility of making the wrong selection. If you're Jersey, you just take who you get. Whoever falls to you, you might win the well, you might win the lottery again, but you might be you might be better off because Montreal makes the wrong choice. Or if you get the inferior player, well, you're you had no choice because Montreal was in the pole position to get the better player. So I feel like there's a little bit of a lose situation setting up for Montreal. It's possible that this blows up in their face a little bit, while Jersey can sit back, take the next best player or perceived next best player, or trade the pick. And maybe I guess in that sense they could go they could be very, very wrong as well. But I, I kind of think these guys are really close. And for that reason, one team can go wrong. The other one maybe can't go wrong. Okay. What about you, Sam? Yeah, I, like Kath, I admit I have not taken a close look at any of these players. Um, I usually go for my – I go to EP Ringside and Cam Robinson usually for my, for my draft insight. I don't have the time or desire to watch – a ton of junior prospects play, unfortunately. Um, but I would be surprised if it wasn't Shane Wright just from things I've read, obviously not from anything that I've I've seen personally. And I've 
to be totally honest with you, I've had a hard time getting super excited for this draft because mostly if I have time to watch somebody play, I'm watching Connor Bedard. You're already excited for next year's draft. Yeah, I'm over it. I don't care about this year's draft. I just want to watch Connor Bedard play. Connor Bedard, Matt Faye Mitchkov. Like, I get it. Like, next year's draft, at least off those two players alone. Mm. Like, that's a much better set of players comparatively. So, uh, at least on paper anyway, compared to Connor Bedard or Uri Slavkovsky or Logan Cooley, if you want to put him in that twosome. I will say, like, for Habs fans, there's no way you could do worse than your number one draft pick last year. So, you know, things are looking up. Well, that's good for Canadians fans, you know, hopefully uh, for them, a lot less controversy around uh, whoever they select uh, first overall, or well, this year anyway. Um, for, for the fans in the room, uh, obviously Leafs and Canucks slash Avalanche fans are represented amongst uh, Sam and Nobar. Like, in, in terms of, I, I understand, look, we're not really, you know, draft experts here, but like, are you guys like still generally somewhat excited about who your teams could pick? either in the first round or have any idea about some of your draft needs? Like, like what's it looking like in Vancouver and Toronto right? slash Colorado? Um, well, as far as the Leafs goes, um, our pick totals this year is a lucky number three. Um, mm-hmm. So there's not <laughs> much, not much to, to, to pay attention to, you know, and again, usually Dubas does this thing of trading down to, to get, to get more selections. But I think, when it comes down to the Leafs organization, I think we need to add more next ones. You know, after like Matthews, which is a, like a, obviously I, I can't miss a first overall generational player. But like, I think what I've noticed, what I've been noticing specifically is that when it comes down to teams and their willingness to make make deals at the deadline, and again, that's why I'm so like, like ad, you know, admiring what Colorado has done and t- teams like Tampa as well is that they're they don't hesitate to trade picks and picks and stuff because they have next up and coming uh, prospects they can just throw into the system and they're immediately become contributing players ross colton who just um, just recently so i think what what i'm looking forward to for the leafs is whether one of the prospects that they've already drafted whether they can kind of you know improve that and what they can add in this year and you know dubis has actually done a pretty good job in adding some like you know admirable prospects outside of the first round so I think that's what I'll be interested to see what he can do with that third round pick. If that seventh round pick can turn into anything, or if he ends up trading down and maybe get to get, maybe get into the second round, because yeah, like I think with like a lot of us or like what, or what the big conversation is ahead of this draft is that it kind of is a lot more magic beans than usual, where you might be able to find some like good, good uh, players kind of here and out, not necessarily in the first round. So I just want to see who they add uh, because either one, they can end up being contributors for the team when you need, when you need some nice entry level players to fill up the spot parts of the roster, or if you know the trade deadline comes around 2023 and you need to make a need to make a deal, maybe you can get some enticing players to kind of package in a in a trade or something. So uh yeah, so it'll be a very long day two uh for <laughs> for Leafs fans, assuming uh, <laughs> depending on how, how things go. Justin, let me know. Uh that's uh, Kyle Dubas changed his uh Twitter pick, his profile picture to that one photo of yep. him with the two phones. He's ready. Does, does that mean he's making moves? Are you anticipating Kyle Dubas is going to be, you know, flipping picks? Yeah, he, does it, all, he picks, does it all the time. Getting a player. You're yeah. anticipating making him a big move? This, this is the year for him to make a big move. He's got to get out the first round. I mean, yeah. I, don't know about, I don't know about a big move. I think he'll make moves, but, like, I think it'll just be, like, the usual draft stuff, like, you know, Toronto acquires pick 73 for, you know, like, like, like that, like, mundane stuff. I don't think there'll be anything huge, at least not until, like, maybe after free agency when you're kind of, 
know what the cap situation is. Okay. Um, any other general draft thoughts before we move on to uh, two other great topics I want to get to? One, which will require uh, pen and pad, and another one, which will have us looking at the most annoying fan bases in the National Hockey League. And I'm pretty I was just sure you, say, got... you asked what the state of Colorado fans was for the draft. I don't think anyone's thinking about the draft. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> still kind of drunk from the parade. So, what about the Canucks? About the like, what's the perspective for the Canucks when it comes to yeah, the who knows? Is there stuff? still trying to figure out JT Miller's situation? Yeah, I think everyone's focused on JT Miller and uh, Alvin signing a pretty good deal for Brock Besser this week. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of the draft, they've got a first round pick. There is no second round pick because they had to trade that along with last year's first round pick to acquire OEL's massive contract and Connor Garland. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's so, stuck with that bad yeah. boy for a minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love, love when an administration that's like, we're really good at drafting just keeps trading away their first and second round picks. Super yeah. smart. But hey, but the new regime different administration. Yeah. Oh. It'll be it'll be fun to see what they do. Um, I think I mean it's gonna be their first first pick of this mm-hmm. new regime. And I think it's a good sign that they've got, you know, they have Emily Castingay, they have Rachel Dory, they've got a lot of good people in the department now. So we'll see who their first pick is. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see uh come Thursday and Friday. By the way, uh, I did I think I I mentioned it on the I Sports Hockey podcast. I think the Canadians should uh, make the right pick and pick Shane Wright. This is an opportunity <laughs> for them to solidify their center depth. And uh, yeah, yeah, look, we have to get some of these puns in while we can, Mr. Cuthbert. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think the Canadians are going to, this is an opportunity for them to solidify their center depth uh, with the best possible center they can take in this draft. It'll be Shane Wright. Hey, I, maybe he'll turn into a John Tavares. Maybe he will. Uh, I was just going to say, I mentioned JT Miller. I like how there's like players out there in the trade market who could be like traded for high draft picks, like DeBrincat's out there, JT Miller's out there, Philip Forsberg, New Jersey Devils apparently dangling the number two. Like, I like how there's the possibility for like that Corey Schneider type deal where it's, it was just like the eighth overall pick or something like that. Wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was I just nice. like, I like how that is possible. Those possibilities are out there. That would make for a more entertaining draft. And I think it's a possibility because maybe it gets kind of messy after the first couple picks and, and teams are willing to part with those choices in order to bring in an automatic uh, uh, player that's going to start or play for them right away. So uh, I think that makes the draft more ent- entertaining for those who are going to be in attendance. Uh, Omar, uh, did you have a point you wanted to make? Yeah, I just have uh, my brain kind of got like activated a little there, hearing like yes. Alex to bring uh, to bring cat. Um, yes, I have a I have a question for uh, for Mr. Fletcher of the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, Do you have a question for Chuck Fletcher? Yes, yes. Uh, because Sam also brought up uh, the a uh, future Lord and Savior Connor Bedard. I I don't understand why the Philadelphia Flyers are willing to make big trades to acquire a player like Connor Bedard, uh, not uh, like Alex DeBrincat, which would probably cost many assets, which you probably need moving forward. I don't get it. I saw that. I saw that. Because they think they're a contending team. Bad ownership. That makes. Impatience. Yeah. That makes no flipping. If I'm a team that has any chance of being bad, I don't understand how you're saying, okay, like, if, if, if the chances of making the playoffs are not like 90%, I'm not being hyperbolic, freaking, okay, we're done. Next year's a write-off. I don't understand how next year isn't a write-off for the Flyers. That makes no flipping sense. Like, anyway, so yeah, I saw that and I was like, oh, that's a freaking dumb. I don't get it. Uh, anyway. 
remember talking to Charlie O'Connor, the athletic about this a couple of weeks back. And like, and when you look at the fact they hired John Tortorella, who's a guy who tries to get the best out of whatever roster he has, maybe they still think Carter Hart can be that guy. They signed Rasmus Ristolain and all that money. This is a team that thinks they're a lot better than they might actually be. Do they end up in the Johnny Gaudreau sweepstakes? Like if they find a way to bring him in, are you tanking for the draft? You're not, you're not tanking. You're going for the playoffs. Like the, the, the Philadelphia Flyers with all the hilarity around them, they think they're a much better hockey club than everyone else thinks that they are. Maybe mm. they'll have the last laugh and laugh at all of us when they make the playoffs and get beaten round two or whatever. But I don't, I don't, I don't really rock with the Flyers right now. They don't look that great to me. Yeah. Like, Cause like another thing right. too, is just like, who's on the, t- like, okay, this is going to be, this is sound like a stupid question, but like, who's on the team? Right, like yes, yes, Kevin Hayes, yeah, connect me. I, I get that, but like, as far player. as like, but you could add a superstar, a franchise generational Mick David, like, and you're gonna risk that just for a chance, to, a chance to make the playoffs, which you may not even do do well in. What if, what if the, what if it's, it isn't the system that um, that's a problem? What if Carter Hart just isn't good? Okay, then you have another year that's stupid, or even worse. Even worse, you miss the playoffs by like a point, and you watch another team draft Connor Bedard, and then they get they get what you could have had for no freaking reason. The only thing you're gonna get is John Tortorella fighting with Gritty all year. So I I like I just I I don't get it. Maybe, maybe it's just because like I'm like in a weird way I'm like envious slightly of teams being in that position. But like Connor freaking Bedard, man. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if, if there is any time to like fool yourself into thinking that you're decent. Like this is the wrong year, wrong year or, or next year is the wrong year to do that. Like, I think like if there's any, like any doubt that in your mind that you may not be as good. Like, I think you freaking just like blow it up and just wait, wait until the year afterwards. At the very least, it's still going to be a great draft regardless of Bedard. Like that draft's been talked about for a long time. So like at the very least, you can still get something good. I don't know. Surprised to hear you're envious, though. Yeah, don't be envious. They're striving yeah. for mediocrity. Like, even if they land Debrinkat, if they land Gaudreau, they're going to yeah. be bad. I mean, John Tortorella is he's the definition of getting a little bit more out of what you have for mm, exactly. a short amount of time, but they don't have much. They've got some talented players, but they have some real, real deficiencies. Uh, and the best they could do is be mediocre, and that's just enough to not be a threat in the playoffs. And just enough to never get your hands on a player like Connor Bedard. They're they're in the worst position possible. I feel like we're talking about the Canucks. <laughs> I was about to I was about to ask <laughs> yeah, like Sam, like you're just like going on and on. I'm like, oh my god, this sounds painfully. Familiar. Like I was gonna ask, like if you're like a Canucks fan that like like you know the Canucks were almost there at the end of the year. Like, what do you want for next year? Like, do you want them to try to make the playoffs or do you want them to tank? Like, if the Canucks have been like almost there for the last five years. And they keep deluding themselves into thinking we're almost there. And yet they just keep ending up right on the bubble. And that's what I said, like four years ago, I was like, this is the worst strategy possible is to keep trying to make the playoffs, knowing you're not good enough to get out of the first round or even not good enough to make the playoffs. Like it would have been better for them to outright suck for two years. Like the Rangers did and be like, Hey fans, we're just going to blow this up. We're going to be bad for the short term, but like, this is a plan than to be like, yeah, we're close. Like, look how close we are. Look how, like, we beat the Blues in the bubble. Like, the Blues didn't want to be there. That was the most obvious thing possible. And they were like, 
this is evidence that we're good. It's like, no, you're not good. You've got some good players. You've got some good parts to build around, but you are not a good team. I forget about the fact that the Canucks beat the blues in the bubble. That's like, like, like we know the lightning won that, that bubble playoff year, they emerged as Stanley Cup champions, but like, do you guys all remember like who won what in like the playing round in the first yes. two rounds? Like, like the Canadians. Yes. Okay. Well, excluding the Columbus Toronto series, but like, 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 no, like, but he beat like Pittsburgh. I was about to say, even yeah. that, like, that was man. I, I gained so much respect for Jeff, Jeff Petrie after that series because, like, he, he locked freaking Crosby down, man. Like, it was oh, an impressive, out. yeah, it was an impressive, impressive. Uh, the um, Blackhawks beat the Oilers, yes. Oh that my happened. god, that <laughs> happened, that happened, yeah. But like, we forget all that because it was just mm-hmm. like a weird ass year. I still think the way Tampa handled themselves in that postseason, we should not be putting any asterisks on that. That being mm-hmm. said, like. Everything else that happened before that was pretty forgettable or just weird, like a fever dream. Capitals didn't want to be there. There was a lot of it was it was weird. It was weird. They literally didn't want to be there. Whatever they wanted the whole time. But anyway, we can uh, move off of draft talk and bubble talk uh, and go over to uh, a really interesting survey being put up online by uh, uh, Jay Fresh on Twitter. Uh, Always great for content. Uh, he uh, put up uh, some results of uh, some surveys he put out there. A couple thousands of people were taking part of it. And uh, we figured out, according to the survey, which NHL fan base is the most annoying. Congratulations, Toronto Maple Leafs. You've won a thing. Leafs fans regarded as the most annoying, uh, according to a survey put up by Jay Fresh. Uh, they've also been voted as the most delusional, uh, most unhinged slash prone to melting down. Uh, but I think uh, they were also voted uh, not as annoying as some people think, which prompted a lot of people to say, oh, Leafs fans definitely voted for themselves in that category. Uh, but that could also be, you know, people just generally thinking that way. Uh, Rangers fans uh, got most votes for team that ended up being more annoying now than they were last season. And Canadians fans actually think their own fan base is the most annoying. So, uh, yeah, a lot of different teams uh, leading some of uh, the results from uh, the Jay Fresh survey. Omar, is this where we give you three minutes to kind of go off where everyone else can just kind of take a break, just look at their phones, check in on their um, families and eat snacks? I just like, I just want to the say the three minute countdown one, starts now. Yeah, I just want to say just one thing. Um, there is no value to this survey, um, but for reasons that you may not think I'm thinking of, um, the reason why there's no value to the survey is because this survey told us something that we already know. Who was surprised by that? Who, Not really. who was surprised one. that many, many hockey fans thought that Leafs fans were the most annoying? Who? So it's like the survey didn't tell us anything. If anything, it's just, a, it's just a, another opportunity for non, non-Leafs fans to dunk and rip on Leafs fans, which, okay, happens all the time. The one thing, though, that is like 1 million percent true, we are the most unhinged, it's 100% true. Because literally, most the unhinged week, in pro sports. The first week, we'll, we'll, beat, we'll, we'll win like five games in a row. Freaking, no, here we go. Freaking Vesna for Jack Campbell. Like, that was a thing. That was a legitimate thing. Like, Jack Campbell should be a, be a Vesna candidate. That was a legitimate thing. And so, like, yeah, I, I see the interesting thing. It's funny to see. One thing that I will say that is uh, it's kind of annoying to see that I see Leafs fans do this all the time. Anytime, like, you know, there are arguments between, like, Canucks fans or, like, actually, absolutely Canucks fans all the time, is that they, like, Leafs fans will say, like, oh, well, well, where are the cups? Where are the cups? Stop it. Stop. I, I, it, it drives me nuts when Leafs fans, like, try to say, like, well, we have more cups. Stop it. You know, you, you stop it. 
I you hate can when play I play out that entire argument, right? Yeah. It goes, where are the cops? It goes, yep. you haven't won cops since 67. Yep. It goes, you burned down your city twice. And it's like, yep. okay, we're just going to repeat these arguments. Same thing. Forever. Yeah. Until yeah. we die. Like come up with something Literally. else. Honestly. Those are the laziest possible things. I'm like, yeah, yeah from time to time, mm-hmm. I make a, you haven't won since 67. Cause it's right there. But like, yep. if you mean it seriously. Yeah. And also it's just like, I, I don't like it being used as like a like in the chirp arsenal for Leeds fans because it's like it's that long. Like the last time the Leafs haven't won since they expanded from six teams. That's not <laughs> that something sounds you worse. can't you can't, can't, you, can't, you can't use that. You Please can't do. use that as a chirp. So every time I see that happening, it's like Stop it. I, I get it, but stop it. If you Google search the Leafs 1967 picture, it's in black and white. When they had to, when they went, when, when they do like the whole hype sure thing, you could colorize had, some of those. You photos know what's going to happen now, Omar? Is I'm going to pick like, a fight with the Leafs fan, and every time they bring up one of these arguments, I'm going to respond with a clip of yeah. you and making that's these arguments. Yeah. From 1967. Because literally, I see it all the time, and I'm like, stop it. Why are you doing that? Stop it. We don't have anything to trip back to just say, okay. That's why I remember when, when we, lo- we lost last year to Montreal. Anytime mm-hmm. I would have like a, a, a tweet making fun of another team, I would know the comeback. So I would reply as a chain what the comeback is. Like, so you know, we get it. We understand. You know, it's fun. It's annoying. We are, all, we are definitely unhinged 100%. And, you know, because, again, like, after, after this year, like, you know, we lost to Tampa, the whole blow it up, blow it up, freaking trade everyone, trade this. It's like, and if you're, and if you are on team, like, you know, roll it back, like, you know, you're getting, you're, you got crap for it. So, yeah, like, I understand it. But, yeah, you know, the survey didn't really tell us anything we didn't know. Well, I, I will uh, say I would have been part, I did not vote in the survey, full disclosure, but I would have been one of the people who said, I don't find Leafs fans nearly as annoying as people make them out to be. I think it's kind of a, it's one of those things where, um, it's one of those things where I feel like people talk about how annoying they are more than they are actually annoying. And Mm -hmm. to the extent that all of the, you find all of the Leafs fans you interact with annoying, I feel like that reflects more on who you're interacting with and what you're doing because I interact with a lot of Leafs fans and I find most of them like you're not more unhinged or more crazy than any other fan base that I interact with. And in fact, like arguably for me, I would have said the most delusional fans I interact with are Canucks fans, but that's probably because I interact with them the most. Right. So I think these surveys kind of reflect who you interact with more than anything else. I also think it's, I also think it's a volume thing. I mean, what did we learn that more people, there's more Leaf fans, there's more volume of Leaf fans, therefore they're going to soak up a little bit more of the attention. It's just like media. The Leafs don't have the toughest, the Leafs are not in the toughest media market. Literal kid gloves used to cover the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, It's it's not a hard media market. There are just more reporters. So there's maybe more questions or more availabilities that you have to attend. But is it more difficult? Not a chance. Yeah, maybe more yeah. difficult than Arizona, where there's one or two people hanging around. Sure. Yeah. Um, but it's just a volume thing. I I don't think so. I don't think Leaf fans are. Uh, I don't even think they're really unhinged. I think they've been forced to be almost self-deprecating because they haven't won six sixty-seven. They haven't won a playoff series in what twenty years. Like they literally haven't won 
anything in the modern NHL. So how could you even stand on any pedestal? I, I think they've been humbled so many times that it's almost that pride has been beaten out of them. Sorry, Omar. I know. No, it's, it's, it's nah, true. It's true. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just want to just combat that last point, Cuff made. Because Cuff is absolutely right that they've been beaten down so much because of the fact that they haven't won anything in how long. But I think that for the section of Leaf fans that exist, and I understand they exist in every fan base, but for the section of Leaf fans who exist, who get super arrogant and on their high horse whenever they do anything right, that mm-hmm. explains why they constantly get beat down when they do, because there are enough of them who will prop the team up and act like they are God's gift. Like, I, like I, I, I look, Omar, I think, is a prime example of a Toronto Maple Leafs fan who is, you know, rational. And maybe that's, I that's, a, a that's the fair intonation. That's a very fair intonation. Yeah. Like, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could question if he's rational. Reasonable. Yeah. Reasonable. Fine. We could go with reasonable. Mm-hmm. Optimistic. Sure. That's fine. But never to a point where he, I ever have to worry about him being arrogant, thinking that he's the best or that he will think he's better than any other fan or fan base or anything like that. Omar, I think, is is a, is a Leaf fan. He's a good Leaf fan. He's, he's as, as they would say, he's, quote, unquote, one of the good ones, as they would say. Uh, but like, here's an, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, you I was go just going to say, again, an example, I think the perfect example, like the arrogance, people used to think that Kyle Dubas was God's gift, right? They used to sure. treat him like Raptors fans treat Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster. And something that's really bothered me about like the conversation around Kevin Durant, I know we're going to basketball here, but I'll steer it back in a second, is yeah, that Raptors fans are just like, oh, Masai and Bobby will make the right decision. So don't even sweat what happens with Kevin Durant. Well, it's not necessarily true. Like they can make the wrong decision and they have made wrong decisions. But that used to be what it was like with Kyle. It was like anything Dubas did, Lee fans were like, oh my God, we have, we have the best general manager in the league. He's going yeah. to make all the right decisions. And I think we're now realizing that he hasn't made all the right decisions. And for that reason, some of that arrogance is lost. That newfound arrogance, that found money, Austin Matthews, we got Kyle Dubas arrogance. That's being sucked out because they had no success under Kyle Dubas. So I think that's one of the big things, but it being beaten out of you, it can come back, it could resurface, but if you don't use it for anything, it kind of dissipates a little bit. Yeah. And at least with Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster, uh, they could say they won a damn championship off a brilliant. And decision. that's why they, and- that's why they have that reputation, right? Is because they, they proved it before. And exactly. now they have so much built up trust. Sam, you're, I think you're about to make a point. I was going to say, I think the one thing that people actually, other fan bases actually find about find annoying about the Leafs is doesn't really have anything to do with Leafs fans at all. Not directly anyway. It's that if you're in Canada and you're watching like, Sportsnet or TSN, yeah. which are the only two sports channels mm-hmm. you can watch, there is a disproportionate tendency amongst media members to turn everything to the Leafs. And like, granted, that's 100%. the biggest market, right? Yeah. So it makes sense. But it's like, I could be what I could be tuning into a Canucks game. It'll go to S- Sportsnet or like whatever the show is, and it'll be like, how do we make this about the Leafs? Mm-hmm. And it's like, and it pisses other fan bases off, and they take it out on Leafs fans. Yeah, I agree. Jeez, with that we've done it on this show. My bad. Yeah. I think I honestly think that's a that's a big part of it as well. Is this like you can't escape even with like social media posts, like like the least like won't be playing for a week and there'll be like a random like who would win like 
this leaf versus like someone else. It's like, and then like people will be like, like why why is that even being brought up? Why is that even a thing? A thing? So I do think the media coverage I think has has um has a point in it. But to to, to Justin's point, it's it just because there's more eyes and more voices there are just more lease fans so that's why i guess why it kind of seems overwhelming and it's capitalized on now again i'm not absolving my fan base i i i've seen it i i've seen the the doo-doo if you would if you will on 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 lease twitter of like egregious things that are being said both pro and 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 against and against and i think the thing that's very interesting is that lease fans are very aware of how bad our fan base can be in an, in an extent. But in another, another thing as well, and I noticed this like a couple of years back is that like the two, like I think fan bases on Twitter that probably hate, hate themselves or hate each other the most are Leafs fans and has fans, which oh, if yes. you break it down are very similar. And it's very, it's, it's hilarious how similar Leafs fans and has fans are because it's two fan bases that are like very aware of what their teams are doing to like, prospects salary cap clauses all this type of stuff so it's always interesting when i when i see like Leafs fans and Habs fans um fight because it's literally like it's like that line it's like you know we're not so different you and i um but yeah but you know just just be be cool be cool and you know but you know but I, on the other hand I, I know that you know the next time the Leafs do something that you know there'll be memes and stuff and yada yada by the way uh on that list of most annoying nhl fan base uh, toronto overwhelmingly in first second rangers the canadians are in third place and if you'd have asked me what i mean sam brought up a really good point like it depends on who you're seeing uh on your twitter timeline or who you're interacting with because i could easily say the Montreal canadians fans are, are the most annoying fan base a lot of them like to hang on and cling on to past glory a lot of them like to overhype prospects in their system who end up becoming busts anyway uh yeah i find there are a lot of times where i find canadians fans to be annoying but i also <laughs> think they are a passionate fan base that right there is fandom, though. Reliving That's past it. glory if you don't have current yeah. glory, and getting excited about the prospects of your team, like literally, like literal prospects and just the prospects of success. So, like, fandom is annoying, I guess, and more fans equals more annoyance. That's really the only conclusion I can draw. I guess so. Uh, fourth mm-hmm. was the Edmonton Oilers. So uh, that's fair. I, I guess that's fair. Yes, and then fifth, be higher. St. Louis. <laughs> they should be higher. <laughs> the Edmonton Oilers should be higher. St. Louis Blues, list. really. Yeah, the Blues are fifth on this list. Uh, I mean, I think, other than the mistreatment of Nazem Kadri. I was about it, to say, yeah, I wonder I if guess, that's like a recency yeah. thing. It's a different word to describe them, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the Canucks are 11th. Uh, don't know they, how they're not a leader. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know that's either. Low. I mean, they're, that's low. They're above, they're above the Hurricanes, the Avs, the Flyers, the Wild. There's going to the be Caps. a segment of the Canucks fan base who's really upset about that because uh, they're going to be annoyed by Brian, that. Brian Burke huh. once described Canucks fans as a lunatic fringe, and apparently that's proof that there's a toxic element to the fan. Anyway. I digress. There's like yeah. a inter- huge internal fight amongst Canucks fans about whether or not it is okay to criticize your team. There are like definite segments of the fan base who think that criticizing management or criticizing anything about the team means that you are a bad fan. And they love, love the lunatic fringe quote. Mm. I will say the most heat I've gotten for stuff I've written before has come from Canucks fans. I don't know if that's annoying. I was probably wrong and stupid with what I was writing, but they, they come for you. They come for you. They do. Worst I've gotten, I think is that one time that maybe not that one time, but I'm sure Leafs fans, I guess, but also whenever I've defended the Leafs 
I've gotten shot on. Like remember when, when the, that play in game seven happened with uh, the Justin Hall penalty, I said, that was a joke of a call. I got dumped on hard. And I'm sure enough people said I was like a Toronto media person. So people wanted to see the Leafs lose, I think. Exactly. Oh, many, oh many we also can't do. forget uh, the New York Islanders faithful. Where, where are they? Oh, yes. Let, let's, let's see if I can pull them up. They're uh, more they vicious be, than annoying. They're yeah. actually 10th. They're actually one spot above the Vancouver Canucks on the most annoying fan base. That's a team that should be higher as far as I'm concerned. They should be a lot higher. Oh, yeah. God. And I get, like, you know, the Bruins are higher. Oh, the Golden Knights are higher. The Lightning are higher. I don't think the Pittsburgh Penguins need to be above the Islanders and the Canucks, but maybe that's yeah. just me. I'm not a Yinzer, I guess, but I think the Islanders should be a top five, top seven team in terms of annoying fan bases. And look, if they go to come for us again, I mean, look, we're going to have to deal with that, but I don't think they're going to do that. After that one time, I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. I hope so. Anyway, we've done enough. Anyway, um, we move on from annoying fan bases to uh, another little uh, exercise I wanted to try out here. Uh, we haven't done a, you know, remember we would do quizzes on the show. Instead of a quiz, I decided uh, in the spirit of this week's NHL entry draft, why not do a fantasy draft? So each of us will put together uh, three on three teams. So we'll pick three skaters plus a goalie uh, for each of our, uh, each of our uh, teams here. Uh, wait, hold on a second. Before we do that, did, did Sam just post breaking news in the in the, in the Slack? Sorry, in the Zoom channel. With, yeah. can, you, can, can you let us know what you just wrote, Sam? Uh, I wrote Mike Greer for Sharks GM. Oh, okay. Which Is that, that I think was broken. Well, uh, well, Scorch Stack says official. Pierre LeBrun says sources reporting he's the front runner. Oh, so okay. Wow. Um. That's Coming sick. off the top of my head, how many black G? I don't think we ever had black G. That no. would be that would be historic. That man. would be sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be. I historic. thought Kevin Weeks was going to get that job, but Mike Greer. Wow. Yeah, I heard Kevin Weeks too. Yeah, I hope wow. it's true. Holy, I, I, I hope that's that true. is true. That's sick. That would be really sick. Awesome. Shout out Mike Greer, who's been around the game as long as he has. Obviously, as a player, yeah. because the assistant coach as well. And now, if he gets this job, reportedly, that's sick. Automatic Sharks fan. Ooh. Automatic Sharks fan. Like Damn, okay, off like off the cuff. If that's true, that's that's incredible. That also, man, oh Pierre my LeBron god. Is saying, okay, so Pierre LeBron is saying he's the front runner. CJ saying no confirmation, but there's plenty of speculation that he'll get that job. Okay, all right. Shout out Sam Chegg for bringing that information to the forefront. It's very important that uh, yeah. we have these stories coming up here. Yeah, I'm glad we were able to carve out a couple seconds for that at least. That's really cool. Awesome. Big up to the San Jose Sharks. Give my Greer a flight to Montreal. Hey, literally. Uh, because uh, dude's dude's got a job to do. You crash course. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but we could go to the fantasy draft here. And uh, as I mentioned before, we're going to create some three-on-three teams. Uh, we determined the draft order before uh, we started recording. And uh, the number one overall pick in the inaugural Zone Time fantasy draft goes to one Tic Tac Tomac, who I know is very happy. And then uh, Sam is mm-hmm. second, Cuff will get third, and I will be fourth. And we'll do snake draft. So uh, I'll have the fourth and fifth pick before it goes back to Cuth, Sam, and Omar. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to put up the list of available players, but there's uh, tried to get like five 
prominent players for each position. I, I guess it's worth it for me to just kind of go through each player. So available centers, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, Nathan McKinnon, Leon Dreisaitl, Sidney Crosby, wingers, Nikita Kucherov, Artemi Panarin, Brad Marchand, Mitch Marner, David Pasternak. On defense, Kale McCarr, Adam Fox, Victor Hedman, Roman Yossi, Alex Petrangelo. And in goal, Andre Vasilevsky, Igor Shosturkin, UC Saros, Jacob Markstrom, and Connor Hellebuck. So, so there will be some players left over, but uh, that might also be interesting. Are we taking in one of each? Like, what's the plan here? Three Essentially, three. Three yeah. Three. Okay. Exactly. So four, so we're, yes. four selections? Four, yeah. Exactly. So we are taking one of each. Okay. Yes. Omar? Two, two forwards. Oh, one of each. So, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, two. So, yes, but like a, a center, a winger, and then a D-man, and then a goalie. All righty. Omar, you are on the clock uh, in the inaugural zone we, time fantasy draft. Unless We Chuck, should track this for next season somehow. I don't know if we the could. points would work. I don't know how it would work, but we could figure out something. Yeah. We find a way to put it up on uh, Yahoo Sports Fantasy Hockey. <laughs> there you go. Okay. All right. So, with the first overall pick, uh, I draft Connor McDavid. What? Over 34? I thought you, I thought yeah. you were going to take Austin Matthews. Nope. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm taking Kel McCarr. Wow. Austin Matthews falling to three. Well, I guess I'll take the reigning heart trophy winner. <laughs> you sound so enthusiastic about the fact that you're willing to take. Well, I wanted either Connor or Kale. I didn't think Mick, Mick, I didn't think Matthews was getting back by Omar, but I'll take it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Then I'm going to take uh, fourth overall. I'm going to take a uh, recent Stanley Cup champion, Nathan McKinnon. And fifth overall, I will take the goalie because why not? Uh, I will take. Andre Vasilevsky. So I have McKinnon and Andre Vasilevsky as my picks. Cuff, you are back on the clock. Uh, so I can't take dry saddle because it's two centers. No, it's just three skaters. Three skaters. Okay. Well, it going, is three skaters. Okay. I mean, I guess you could, but you'd be leaving off a winger. But then again, I didn't. I, you're right. I didn't. I didn't specify you had to take a center and a winger. I said three. You tell skaters. me, can I take Leon Drysaddle or not, Julian? You know what? Since I didn't specify it, you can take Leon yeah. Dreisaitl if you want. Okay, I'm taking. I'm just gonna have all the goals. <laughs> so you have Matthews, and you will have Dreisaitl. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Sam, it's your turn. Uh, I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take Mitch Marner. Okay, so you have Kale oh. McCarr and Marner. Is Bunting on the list? Bunting <laughs> is not on the list. I decided against that. And it's a snake draft, remember? Tough. So Omar, yeah. you have the next two picks. Yeah, uh, I'll take I'll take Shesterkin, and then uh, is Kucherov available? Yes, mm-hmm. and then Kucherov. Yeah. Okay, so you only have one more pick left to make when it comes time for you, yeah. Sam. Uh, you have Makar and you have Marner. Who are you picking next? Uh, I uh, I'm going to take Markstrom. Okay. All hey. right. Cool. Shout out to the uh, former Vancouver Canucks. Your turn. Ooh, I will take. I will take Victor Hedman. Okay, all right. So I mean, McCall, if we're Marner, if we're doing points, it's probably not a good choice, but I'm taking him anyway. Okay, so Matthews, Drysidle, and then you have Hedman as your pick. 
right now I have McKinnon, I have Vasilevsky. I'm literally writing these all down. <laughs> um, give me Adam Fox. Dang it. And, and you know what? You know what? Since he's still available and since he's still playing at a very high level, I think. Cole Harbor. Team yeah, Cole I Harbor. Got, might as well yeah. do it. Might as well do it. Sid the kid, welcome to my club. Sidney Crosby is my final pick uh, in the inaugural uh, Zone Time Fantasy Draft. So, Cuff, you get one last pick. So, I need a goalie. I think uh, old Bonesy is going to get some good minutes out of uh, Connor Hellebuck, but I'm going UC Soros. Okay, I like that pick. With McDonough blocking all the shots for him. <laughs> I know I'm next and I know who I'm going to pick, but I would like to point out that it is wild that you have Brad Marchand and David Pasternak on here, but you have neither Pedersen or JT Miller. Oh my God. And I object on behalf of Brad, If you take Marchand, literally all four of your players start with MA. Yes. I thought you were going to make that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take Artemi Panarin. Okay. All right. So you take the bread man instead, ruining us of Team MA uh, in the zone time. It would have been Team M if you put JT Miller on here. Okay. Well, you know, maybe if we expand the pool to five skaters, I could have (laughs) JT Miller in here, but I won't do that. Omar, you have the final pick in uh, Um, this year's zone time draft. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Is Yossi available? Roman Yossi is available. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Pretty good final pick. So to, re- so to recap, uh, Omar has Connor McDavid, Igor Shosturkin, Nikita Kucherov, and Roman Yossi. Sam has Kale McCarr, Mitch Marner, um, Jacob Markstrom, and Artemi Panarin. Cuff has Austin Matthews, Leon Dreisaitl, Victor Hedman, and UC Saros. I have Nathan McKinnon, Andre Vasilevsky, Adam Fox, and Sidney Crosby. That, I think, uh, I think we all have pretty sick teams. I don't know who wins more than the other. I think Omar has the best team. I mean, you have Off McDavid, you have Shashirkin. Yeah. That's a pretty stacked team you have. If it's like, if it's regular season points, yeah, yeah. you know, Shashirkin's probably going to be the best goalie in the league. Yossi, probably the most productive in terms of total points. McDavid's yeah. McDavid. Kucherov's Kucherov. Pretty yeah. good. I like Sam getting McCarr, though. That's freaking sick. Like, yeah, well, like I, I literally yeah, puts I, up puts up elite forward numbers as a defenseman it's stupid it's so stupid i like that sam reached for kale mccarr not, not even a reach it's not even a reach i like that sam at number two overall was like give right, right, me kale mccarr yeah. and it's not even a reach it's like dude he's, he's the best defenseman in the league he will put up points give him to me literally you did it okay so you can wear the we ha- wear the abs jersey with bread Yes. At the very do you least. have a McCarr jersey, Sam? I don't have a McCarr jersey. <laughs> you need, need one with one. the patch, I think. I do need Stanley one with Cup the patch. patch. I think you're right. Yeah, that's nice. I ordered... List. Did you get a Too Many Men uh, Nazem Kadri shirt? Not yet. I did. <laughs> I'm waiting oh, for mine to pull up. I ordered <laughs> that's mine. awesome. I'm waiting for mine to show up. Um, but yeah, man, uh, that does it for uh, the Zone Time Fantasy Draft. I'm not sure how we'll be able to put these teams together uh, for either actual fantasy hockey or if we could actually look at them for next year and see how they go. But at the very least, we can say uh, we were GMs for five minutes here on Zone Time, which uh, has come to a close for this pre-NHL draft edition this week. Cuff, Sam, Omar, 
Thank you as always for participating on this lovely internet program. And thank you watching or listening wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to the YouTube channel for Yahoo Sports Hockey. Uh, we'll be back with a brand new episode next week. Probably talk more about some free agents and who's going to give out some stupid money to free agents available or who will be a little bit more cost conscious. Anyway, we'll get to that next week on Zone Time. Peace. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.